This CIO Talk Radio Viewpoint is brought to you by Siemens Smart Grid. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio Viewpoints, and here is your host, Sunjog All. Welcome, listeners. This is Sanjog All, your host, and the topic for conversation is making renewable energy a lasting priority. And I have with me Dirk Malling. Dirk is the Chief Information Officer of Seattle City Light. Hello, Dirk. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Sanjay. It's my pleasure to be here. Now, that we know, a green and renewable energy is an important and buzzy political issue today, and we want to be environmentally friendly, but along with this discussion and need for change comes some serious business challenges about how we are going to make the most of our investments. And with that in mind, my first question for you is going to be that beyond PR reasons, how compelling do you think is the business value for a utility to embrace renewable energy sources? Well, I think it is very important. Um, Here at Seattle City Light, we have been using renewable energy since the start uh, in the early 19th century. Like most Northwest utilities, we are heavily based on hydro. So we have a a long and proud tradition of using renewable energies. We've since then added the wind and solar to it. And I think we're one of the few utilities in the country and the world who has a zero-carbon footprint. That doesn't stop us from going forward and embracing new renewable technologies that come either on the utility scale or on the neighborhood scale or even going down and working with individual customers on individual PV or solar um, or energy storage projects. Now, for those who have treaded this path earlier, what specific challenges are they facing in making it a sustained reality, and are there any past successes and failures we can learn from here? Oh, there absolutely is. I mean, I'm the CIO here at Seattle City Light, but um, I'm originally from Germany, so I keep watching the German example very closely, and Germany has acknowledged to been a, a leader in renewable energies. There's windmills all over the country. There are uh, solar farms every 15, 20 miles. And for a while, that worked very well for Germany. Currently, the price of energy has become uh, prohibitive. There is a large debate going on in Germany and Europe how to continue financing it because more and more customers uh, have huge problems paying their bills. And we definitely don't want this here in the United States and definitely not in Seattle, where we're proud to keep energy prices very low for our consumers. So the question becomes, how do you, how do you square that circle, bringing renewable energy into the mix and keeping energy prices low? And there is no single answer to it. It uh, definitely has to do with bringing uh, the consumers into it and making consumer technology, um, PV installations, but also electric cars part of the overall network. So I would see it for U.S. utilities as a question for how do you organize your distribution grid and how do you make a distribution grid ready to deal with household PV, to deal with neighborhood energy storage, to deal with electric vehicles which are charged. The utility can help guide the process, but since the utility owns the wires, distribution company owns the wires, that is the piece where investments have to be made, and that's where the utility 
politicians um, and the consumers have to decide where the investments go in order to provide the infrastructure to link all these pieces together. Now, when you refer to the example for Germany, are there any other areas where you see things are in progress and you see signs of success or not going the way you'd like to see them go in terms of how they're adopting renewable energy, what is being done in terms of funding it and how they're executing, and what are the lessons being learned from them? Yeah, I mean, the, the lessons being uh, being learned, some of them we've learned in this country, right? Uh, we just need to look at Solyndra and the examples like that is the market tends to have a way of, of sorting things out. Solyndra in this country being an example of, of how not to do it. And there are others, if you look back to Europe, where in the end the market does sort things out. I'm referring to, for instance, Q-Cells, which was one of the largest German manufacturers of PV modules who basically went into insolvency being pushed by their Chinese competitors and that only lasted for a while because now the largest Chinese manufacturers are in trouble too. The whole PV industry is in trouble. So that's definitely a way not to go because it's not sustainable. It has all the signs of a bubble. I think Seattle has uh, shown in the Northwest how with hydro, with renewable energies, you can be in business for over 100 years and not live on a bubble. And we want to build on that crowd tradition in uh, cautiously putting consumer and neighborhood PV in, in working around microgrids. We also see this as part of the resilience. Here in Seattle, we're uh, prepared for mudslides, earthquakes. We have two volcanoes here. So uh, something may happen. If a disaster happens, we want to have a certain amount of resilience and microgrids and renewable energies are a way of uh, adding value to it that goes beyond just the free fuel factor. Now, how will the inclusion of renewable energy change the expectations of the consumer and the behavior of the distribution channel? For example, will it become like cable TV, where we need to sign up in advance to use a certain amount of power and pay more money? Or will it make executives rethink their energy procurement policies due to obvious fluctuations in the renewable energy prices, and that will create an impact on the profit margins? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a very difficult question and goes into uh, into rate design and the whole governance of renewable energy and energy markets, which which is definitely outside of my area of expertise. I'm, I'm the CIO, so I make sure that we have information flowing and that we have energy flowing for our customers. I'm, I'm not a regulator or a rate or tariff expert. I know there are many regions in the United States where you have a choice for your uh, generator. So people may not know the details, but just on the top level, the uh, utility industry in most parts of the United States is broken into the generation of electricity, either through nuclear or coal or gas or renewables, the transmission to the metropolitan centers, and then the uh, final distribution, the, the last mile. In some regions, this is done by three different companies. And the consumers, for instance, in Massachusetts, have a choice who they want to uh, generate their electricity, and of course, um, have a choice there to go green, which then is somewhat more, the cost for the kilowatt hour is higher than if you took the lowest bidder, but now the consumer has choice, and it's again markets that help 
sort out some of these issues on a higher level. Um, we can say, no, I do not want to buy nuclear power. I want to go green. Or you say, well, you know, I'm on a budget and um, I personally don't really care as long as it's um, most cost effective for me. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back and then look at Smart Grid as a good uh, approach to actually bringing renewable energy into the mix and then still make it a very viable option and a successful element for how utilities work. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio Viewpoint. Welcome back. So, uh, again, Dirk, it seems that smart grid is to renewable energies what supply chain is to a manufacturer. So, are utilities recognizing this and making investments in smart grid a prerequisite to any renewable energy adoption initiative? No, not necessarily. I mean, the utilities provide the backbone or the interconnection. Let, let me give you two examples. In a previous life, I worked for a large uh, contract research organization, and uh, we looked at a concept for home PV. How can a homeowner put a PV array on their roof in an afternoon, almost like uh, going to a uh, home store and buying all the cables and all the PV panels and putting them up on a roof and connect them. That would be one example for distributed generation, which then needs to be managed by the utility in two ways, if it's not just for home consumption. And those two ways are electrical connections. So you need to have those home or neighborhood PV arrays, distributed uh, generation arrays, connected to the distribution grid, which now needs to run forward and backwards, so to say. The traditional distribution grid is a top-down model where the power flows from a plant all the way through the smaller and smaller transmission and then distribution channels. With distributed generation, that needs to flow backwards because it flows from the endpoint to a substation and then gets redistributed. That is a challenge to the utility. And the smart grid can help there to forecast when and where distributed generation happens. The smart grid can help to monitor the flows of electricity to make sure that distribution lines are not overtaxed, to make sure that the standards that the utility has to hold 60 hertz voltage for uh, distribution, that there is no reactive power or power quality considerations, that that all happens, which the consumer or a distributed generator would really not be concerned with. With a smart grid, we start to get those capabilities. And it's interesting to look at substations and the distribution grid because usually the industry has focused on uh, smart metering. And uh, that was, in, in many utilities, the entrance point for the smart grid. I personally think that 
looking at uh, distribution automation and substation automation, you are working at an angle where you provide infrastructure that actually allows the consumers and the citizens to participate with their individual distributed generation arrays. A second example may be demand response. Are you familiar with that concept, Sanjay? Yes, to a little bit, but please expand on that, please. Yes, certainly. Demand response is the idea that a signal gets sent either from a utility or from an ISO, from a program sponsor who monitors the overall electrical grid and says, oh, we're starting to see a peak. We can either switch on new generation or we can ask consumers, small and large, to reduce on a predefined schedule and that way we will ride through that peak. Again, you need the information from the smart grid to see that peak occurring, to predict it, but then you need to communicate with all those loads on your grid to inform them that the time has come to do that demand reduction. So now you have two examples, one being the PV distributed generation, the other one being the uh, demand response, where communication networks sit on top of electrical networks and where the distribution network really is the place where these things are happening. It's not happening at the power plant. It's not necessarily happening uh, in the transmission uh, network, but it's happening in your neighborhood's distribution network, which now works basically upstream and downstream, closely monitored by sensors, overlaid with predictions and control signals. Now, what is needed for the easy and cost-effective integration of renewable energy into legacy utility infrastructure and information systems in order for it to be a viable proposition? Our utilities... Um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah and from uh, our point of view, it is definitely substation up and, uh, and distribution grid upgrades. The grid that touches, the part of the grid that touches the consumer needs to be able to handle the requirements, both from an electrical and an informational standpoint. And I'm going back to the example of Germany. There are utilities where up to 40% of their load at certain times comes from solar, wind, and renewables in the neighborhood. And their biggest problem is paying for the upgrades of the distribution grid of the substation. So... That is a question, how much political will and how much economic will is there to provide these upgrades either through grants or through tariffs, but somehow it has the, the infrastructure needs to be there to accommodate the growing distributed generation and the initiatives that uh, individual citizens may take. Now, when you spoke about the funding and other type of resources, do you think the utilities have enough resources, the right resources in terms of people, processes, and technology to make this happen? And if there is a gap, then what external help and or additional resources are needed? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, um, in a way, I cannot talk for the whole uh, for the whole industry, so I'm basing this uh, mostly on what we do here at Seattle Light and what uh, my friends and neighboring. Uh, utilities do. In order to be cost-effective, of course, we, we don't have a lot of people who can be immediately repurposed to do some of these things. We have a number of strategic initiative projects going on here in Seattle to prepare for that. We're working on substation automation. We're working on distribution automation. We're working at the um, undergrounding of cables, and I know that my friends in other utilities do the same, in particular back east, where uh, the hurricanes have, you know, really driven this point home that distributed generation helps with disaster management. 
The point, though, is it doesn't come for free, so the utilities are, are ready to do it. And the other element in this mix are vendors. So you have um, the large, I call them OT vendors, operational technology vendors, people who uh, manufacture, build, sell energy management systems, distribution management systems. So these are computerized IT systems that in the utility usually uh, run under the heading of OT, operational technology. And there's a convergence happening between IT and OT but the utilities, to a certain extent, are not only looking at the customers, the ratepayers, and the governing bodies, but also at the vendors to come up with technologies or innovations that uh, help to use the current infrastructure to do more for cost-effective transition or upgrade paths so that they can handle um, all these things that we talked about. Once again, thank you so much, Dirk, for sharing your thoughts and insights about making renewable energy a lasting priority. It's been my pleasure to uh, speak with you, Sanjay, and I hope that our listeners got a few ideas out of this. Thank you once again. And listeners, I invite you to find more conversations about Smart Grid on our website at www.ciotalkradio.com slash smartgrid. Thank you for listening to CIO Talk Radio Viewpoints. For related programming, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. This CIO Talk Radio Viewpoint was brought to you by Siemens Smart Grid, 